We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. We are going to dive into some of the things John Lynch said at his pre-draft press conference on Monday as it pertains to Trey Lance. I actually have a take on that now. Uh, and then he also talked about the potential that they trade Brandon Ayuk. We will get into that. And then to finish up our, our pre-draft stuff in our last episode, if you want to go back and check it out, we talked about the three players on offense in the draft that we like for the 49ers. Now we're going to jump over to the other side of the ball. And we're just going to talk about three players that we like on the defensive side for the 49ers. So let's dive right in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss quick pass caught by Kittle he dives and he's in touchdown 49ers it's heat beating season bro I was just gonna say are we like because we talked about you know pulling the curtain back a little bit we talked okay here's what we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about John Lynch Right. And then you do the intro. I was like, man, I just realized it was pretty hot today and it's going to be I, hot for the foreseeable future, at least where we live. So like, is, is Kyle going to bring this up? Is he bring the beat back, the, the bit back to, <laughs> to start yeah. the pod? And you did. Let so the, I'm happy let the, As Lil Wayne said, let the bit build. <laughs> yeah. um, Classic Wayne. That's like 60% of the listeners got that. And shout out to everybody who did. <laughs> Let the beat build is a little Wayne song. I didn't get it. Anyways, um, yeah, it's I, I I'm pouring one out tonight for hoodie season. Hoodie season's officially over. I didn't I, wear a hoodie to work today, and I left at six o'clock. I was looking at the weather for like next week, and there might be a little bit of rain and like some sixty degree temperatures. So I'll I'm not that. quite putting the fork in hoodie season yet because it's been a little bit weird. But um, I'm definitely with you. I'm I'm leaning that way. So that means the end of hoodie season means it's heat beating season. That's where we need to get an HVAC company to sponsor this. Sure. If you work for an HVAC company, hit us up. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do beating the heat for for the rest of for for the foreseeable future. But John Lynch talked in his mandatory pre pre draft press conference. 
I don't know where you land on this. We actually like we haven't discussed this yet, but based on what John Lynch said, I don't get the idea the 49ers are going to trade Trey Lance before or during the draft. Yeah, so I think the the way I mean Ian Rappaport reported that the 49ers are taking calls and John Lynch in, indicated that nothing's imminent and you know there's a certain song and dance that NFL teams take when like their quarterbacks are absolutely on the trade block. I didn't get the sense that John Lynch was really doing that song and dance. He was just kind of like, yeah, Trey's going to compete. Like the the vibe that I got from from watching and listening to John Lynch talk about it was that yeah, we'd we'd trade him for the right offer, but no one's really knocking our socks off and we do need bodies at quarterback. So like it's very clear and that I don't know that they overtly say this, but it's pretty obvious like Brock Purdy's their guy. Like they're not mm-hmm. moving off Brock Purdy as That's the starter very clear. until Brock Purdy plays himself out of that job. So for them, they're like, yeah, well, Trey's going to compete. We're looking forward to Trey competing. It wasn't, oh, Trey absolutely has a, has a spot on this roster. Trey means so much. So it's like, that's the type of thing you hear when a GM or a power broker is trying to inflate the value of whatever player in order to trade them for a premium asset, right? And I just don't think Trey Lance is worth a premium asset to anybody in the league. And I'm sure teams are calling because they're like, well, we liked him in the draft. And if we could get him for a song, right. then 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 why not bring him in? But the 49ers aren't in a position to get rid of a talented quarterback for a song. Like they're not going to well, do it for like a fifth <laughs> round pick at this point. Right. And that's so the the reason the 49ers are not going to trade him is the same reason that teams are calling. Teams are looking at the landscape of the 49ers quarterback situation and they're going, hey, we might be able to pry the number three overall pick from two years ago out of their hands for dirt cheap so they're gonna make that call and the Niners are going yeah like he can he can be available but not for what teams are gonna call for right and that just it, it's really clear now again I I was also talking about how there was no chance Jimmy Garoppolo was gonna be on the team last year and then he was so there's always a chance that something weird happens especially like maybe the Texans don't pick a quarterback with one of their first two picks and then on draft day get to 33 and go um we there maybe they thought Hendon Hooker would fall to them at 33 and he doesn't and now they're going oh shoot okay backup plan call the Niners and see if they'll take 33 for Lance then maybe something like that happens but leading up to the draft in the next day or two I just don't think anything's going to happen that blows the 49ers away or pushes a team to want to blow the 49ers away with an offer he's also not healthy or like he's working his way back to get healthy right like we saw this with jimmy garoppolo the teams weren't trading for him because he wasn't healthy he didn't you know yeah when how closely how closely did you watch the slow motion video though (laughs) watch it about three times in succession (laughs) um no i just you know like i i don't think there's value for trey lance right now I think the 49ers probably have an ex- an excess of you know th- mid-round picks, right? They have 11 picks starting with 99. So they have mm-hmm. a lot of like late round picks. Do they need another one or is a quarterback who is talented and knows their system more valuable than a quarterback that they might really like in round 5 or 6, right? That's yeah, kind of right. how I look at it. And so 
would I be stunned if Trey Lance is traded? No, because I think the Niners, if the Niners traded Trey Lance, it would be for something that they think is an overpay by the other team. Right, right. Like, and you're I, not going to like foresee an overpay. I would imagine no. the 49ers are like, all right, we think Trey Lance is worth a fourth, but we're only trading him if we get a second or a third. Right. Right. Like that. if I'm John Lynch, that's kind of how I'm treating it because even then, even I know, I, I don't know if you're just throwing out numbers, but I don't even think they'd move him for a third. Yeah. I mean, we'd, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't get the sense that they're super high on him at this moment, but again, like, the guy who is their quote unquote franchise quarterback right now is a seventh round pick. So like a lot can change in a few months. Who's coming off surgery on his throwing right. elbow. That's a separate point. But like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think the Niners should operate like the book is closed on Trey Lance and there's no chance he turns into a productive quarterback for them. I agree. Because we didn't even think Brock Purdy would be a 53 man roster player after the draft last year. So and right. then he comes in and plays well, like there's a, there's plenty of opportunity if Brock Purdy gets hurt or if he doesn't start the season healthy then you know Trey Lance does have an opportunity to get some playing time and it's not out of the question given the offensive talent that they have and given the defensive talent that they have that all Trey Lance needs to do is play like a BB plus level and they win a bunch of games and if they do that and he's efficient it's like why would you yank him out for Mm -hmm. a guy you haven't seen play football in you know nine months or whatever it will be I just I'm giving I, if I'm if I'm the Niners unless the team calls and offers a first or like an early second, I'm giving him the off season and whatever parts of training camp to see what he's got. Yeah, it's just um, they they invested. You might as well you might as well see. Yeah, and just based on what Lynch said, like nothing substantive has happened. I don't think they're like eager to move him. Um, but if a, if the right offer comes in, I, I I'm certain they would jump on it. The Brandon Ayuk thing was was really weird and i'm curious to get your thoughts on it because uh our our buddy nick wagner our favorite cast member reported on uh at at nfl owners meetings that the niners had received calls about about brandon Ayuk, and that teams were asking about him and again that's just looking at the forecast the niners aren't calling teams and going hey if you want Ayuk, give us a buzz like they're just looking and they go okay they got all these guys to pay brandon Ayuk's contracts coming up maybe we can get them to move off of him well when he was asked about teams making those calls, Lynch said, quote, I'm not going to get into specifics on people. We love Brandon Ayuk, and I'm excited about Brandon being part of this team, so I'll just leave it at that. And this was after he'd just been like, oh yeah, people are calling about Trey, but, you know, like, got very much into specifics. So that was weird, but then there was a follow-up about his fifth-year option, and what do they do with, with Ayuk and Debo, and can they pay them both? And he said, yes, you always have to think out a few years, but we're really excited about Brandon. I feel like he made another big step last year, and I think the best is yet to come, and so we want him being a part of it. And at some point, yeah, you have to figure things out, and I guess we'll take that as it comes. But as of right now and into the future, we're really excited about Brandon Ayuk and where he is at as a pro, the work he's done to develop as a pro and become one of our core players here. So now I'm looking at this and going... He was trying to avoid the Ayuk stuff because he didn't want to be like, yeah, we're committing to him and putting the writing on the wall that like, oh yeah, Debo's out of here soon. That's how I read that. I think that's, yeah. I, th- I think that's the right way to read it. Like, just given that you just paid Javon Hargrave, like you're probably, 
you're probably counting down how much time Eric Armstead has on the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to the DeForest Buckner Armstead situation from 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mike McGlinchey, uh, Trent Williams thing, right? Obviously, the 49ers decided they couldn't pay both tackles. Given the potential that Brandon Ayuk has to be a 1,400-yard receiver in you know the last year of his rookie contract, that makes him immensely valuable. And if and when he gets paid, he's going to make, in my estimation, something close to what Debo got last offseason, right? Mm-hmm. So at which point the 49ers are probably going to have to decide which guy do we think we want to keep around for the long haul because you're probably Mm -hmm. not going to be able to pay both of them because as we've seen throughout the NFL, you can move on from expensive receivers and still have good offenses. The chiefs just won the super bowl after trading Tyree kill to to Miami counterpoint. The Titans traded AJ Brown and didn't make the playoffs (laughs) thoughts fair. The Titans are not well, built. Well, your point, they might be now that Rand Carthon's there. But maybe they would be interested in Debo Samuel. Or Trey Lance. Or Trey Lance. Um, So, look, I just, you know, are are they going to end up paying $40 million to their two starting receivers? You know, like there's going to be some guys are going to leave over the next couple years who have been highly productive, highly paid players. Like Mm -hmm. George Kittle isn't going to be around forever. Eric Armstead isn't going to be around forever. You know, I I do think you could potentially lump Debo Samuel into that conversation. Like, it was a three-year deal. Are you going to pay him again? Like, it. Do you do you love every like that? John Lynch talked about one of the things he mentioned was like, what is a 49er? It's somebody who's relentlessly competitive and fast, and is always trying to, you know, make others around him better and have a great work ethic in the off season and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think, and, you know, I've pointed this out, and he's a friend of the pod. He came on. Like, Debo Samuel probably does some things that the 49ers aren't in love with when he's away from the facility, which is in contrast to guys like Fred Warner and George Kittle and, and like, sure. other guys that they've paid, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that has to do with, like, coming to training camp out of shape, right? So, mm-hmm. I would say... And this is just me speculating, but like if you're looking out to the future, you're like, all right, well, we have Brandon Ayuk who has another uh, his his fourth year on his rookie contract, then his fifth year option season. While Debo Samuel is cap number is going to go up in 2024 to twenty eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Brandon Ayuk could potentially hold out if he has another good year this year and say, no, I'm not playing on my fifth year option year. I want a new contract, at which point you're like, all right. Brandon Ayuk wants to make twenty five million dollars and Debo Samuel's on the books for twenty eight. What makes sense for us and Mm -hmm. who's who's going to be the better player over the long haul? My bet would be Brandon Ayuk because me too. He doesn't take the physical pounding that Debo does. He doesn't have the injury history that Debo does. His game, while not as unique as Samuel, is just more translatable to success over the longer haul. While at some point, Debo Samuel's not going to be the dude who's just running through everybody's face by way of 
the way the NFL works and the fact that that level of physicality from an offensive skill guy just doesn't last. Like, right. You kind of have Honestly, to, look, you kind of have to look at Debo Samuel as a running back with the, with the way he punishes his body. Well, and that's, that was the part of the, I think the crux of his contract negotiation. Yeah. Was like, man, whatever, whatever version of another contract he's going to get is probably not going to be substantial if he keeps getting used like he's getting used. Yeah. So, so I, I would think the way the 49ers are operating, they're like, all right, well, after 2023, when there's a potential for Ayuk to hold out for a new contract and we're facing a $28 million cap hit with Debo Samuel, maybe we explore trading Debo and yeah. and opening up a little bit of space so you know we can yeah. create. Because like that too, like you get Christian McCaffrey's under contract for a few more years. He does a lot of the same Debo Samuel things. Yeah. It's a little bit, little bit redundant. Not that that's you know, bad. I was kind of thinking. I was kind of thinking as you were talking there, it is kind of wild. Like in the NFL, it's really hard to have like an extended window where you're competitive. Yeah. And the fact that we're going into year five of the Debo Samuel, Fred Warner, George Kittle. Um, there's one more player that I'm missing here. Sam, uh, Nick Bosa, that like core of players all being really good. And now we're Eric Armstead's in that group. And now we're just now looking at next year or two years out where they're going to have to start parting ways with some of these guys. That's kind of remarkable. Like that's really, really hard to do. Yeah. Where you've got five, six guys who have been part of your core for that long. They've been one of the best four teams in the NFL and, three of the last four years yeah yeah i mean that's 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 a really really good run and so when you start talking about in you know 2024 if they've got to move on from debo samuel or george Kittle or brandon Ayuk, that's not an indictment on those players that's just the reality of the nfl and you reach that point where you have to start picking which guys you're going to pay and which guys you're not and yeah. if you have a good player who's 25 you're going to Pay him instead of the good player who's thirty three. That's yeah. just kind of Debo, Debo Samuel will be twenty eight next year. Yeah, right. And Brandon Ayuk is going to be twenty six next year. I love the idea of John Lynch being like, "What is a 49er? Well, back in eighteen forty nine, gold was discovered on them. <laughs> <laughs> just gives a quick history lesson. Yeah. You want to talk about the draft? I'm trying to think, was there anything else from Lynch's presser that stood out to you? Apparently, Javon Kinlaw looks great. The optimism train with Javon Kinlaw is back. They're out on Lamar Jackson, if you can believe that. Although I did think were, it was interesting. They were never like, in. But I did, I did think he said, like, you look into everything. What exactly does looking into Lamar Jackson look like for the 49ers? Like, they, look at their, it, they look at their cap sheet and say they have $2.9 million in cap <laughs> space before the draft. And then they say, hmm, Lamar Jackson wants $50 million a year. Probably not going to squeeze that. <laughs> right. Is is what right. looking into that means. Right. Do, do we want to upend the entire way we've built this team right. and add Lamar Jackson or not? Yeah. I also think I also think there was some I don't think they looked into Lamar Jackson at all. And that was John Lynch trying to keep the 49ers from being part of what looks like collusion against Lamar Jackson from NFL owners because he wants oh. a fully guaranteed contract 
And so Lynch is like, yeah, we looked into it, but our roster and it doesn't fit. And he's right. Like, that's kind of the. I didn't think about it in those terms, but that does make sense. And it would have been extra complicated because they couldn't just sign him to an offer sheet. Even if let's just say they had the money, they couldn't just sign him to an offer sheet because they don't have a draft pick this year. A first round. That's the other thing. The Ravens would need to play ball on a trade and the Niners would be right. It'd be like a sign and trade action. Yeah. And that's just the Niners don't have any. I don't know if anybody's heard, but the Niners don't pick until 99, which is late in the third round. That's a great transition from you. (laughs) Let's uh, let's talk about the draft. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I hope a commercial went there. If not, welcome back. Or welcome? I don't know. All right, let's dive into the draft. Are there commercials on podcasts? Fingers crossed. All right, let's talk about the draft. We've talked offensive players. Let's jump over to the defensive side where there are so many players in this draft class on defense that I've just become enamored with based on measurables. And... That's a very common theme with with some of the players I've picked. You started last time. I'm going to start this time. And I'm actually going to start with a guy from your alma mater, the Ohio State University. And I'm going to talk about defensive end Zach Harrison, who I think is like not a premier edge rusher in this class. Like last year, last year, when they took Drake Jackson, John Lynch actually said in his presser, we didn't think Drake Jackson was going to fall to us at 61. Which, like, they probably would have said that about whoever, but Zach Harrison's a kind of player, like, I don't think he's going to knock anybody's socks off in terms of what he brings as an edge rusher, but he's 6'5". Again, we're doing a, a measurables thing here. He's 6'5", 274. He has 36 and a quarter inch arms. Um, an 85 and a half inch wingspan or 86 and seven eighths at his pro day. Kind of a, kind of a weird thing. Those are but, weird when you see like just measurements change drastically from the combine to the pro day. Like, yeah. Like, did you get a massage and get extra stretched or what? Yeah, it is. It is very strange. But the first time I turned on some, some Zach Harrison tape, when I plugged in that, when I, when I popped in that tape on the projector in the dark on the room. projector. Yeah. It's like on the, it makes sense. The, the, ta- the tape spinning in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to make it dark and I got to flip flat on. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> it's like smoky. There's like, yeah. In- <laughs> it's a smoke machine, though, because I don't smoke. <laughs> so it's just. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, it's my vape pen. No, I, I just, he moves like a player. When I saw his, I did not know his measurables when I watched him. And he moves like a player who's not as, who, who's, who's not, who shouldn't be as big as he is. And I think with his size, I think he can play him on the edge. I think he can play inside. There's some Charles Omenehu to him a little bit where he's just big and athletic. And I think he'd be a real problem on the interior. I don't know if he could do that as a rookie. That's kind of a tough adjustment to make, but I I am all in on the idea of Zach Harrison coming in and just being a really productive pro. He had 25 and a half tackles for loss and only 13 sacks at Ohio State. But I again, I'm not expecting him to come be a 12 sack guy in the NFL, but I think he could be just a really productive rotational edge rusher right away for the 49ers with some versatility to kick inside. And that's the that's the kind of defensive end I think they need to target. Which is funny because you you mentioned Charles Amenahu and the guy that I thought the the guy that I've identified here through rigorous study and and film tape, film tape. I don't know film what tape, I'm saying. Tape film. Tape film. <laughs> um, also reminded me of Charles Amenahu and watching him. Oh. Uh, Isaiah McGuire, defensive end from Missouri, who seems like somebody who could be in that mix when the 49ers are picking. Um, late third, early fourth round, six four two sixty eight, ran a four seven six, but vert vertical jump was thirty six and a half, and a broad jump was was ten feet two inches. So like an explosive athlete, but I think one of the things that you know I think the 49ers typically like two different kinds of defensive ends, right? Like Drake Jackson is very much the athletic freak, very explosive, bendy, um, like D Ford type. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they also like the Charles Amenahu, Eric Armstead, strong side base defensive end. Who's going to anchor against the running game and might not be like super twitched up or bendy, but it's just <laughs> going to be the dude that's like stout at the point of attack and could potentially be somebody who pass rushes from the edge but is probably more of like an interior rusher uh, in passing mm. situations. Yeah. Um, so when just watching, just watching McGuire, like he just, he's, he's very long. He's got, this was another one, like at the combine, his arms men- his arms measured 33 and seven eighths, which is pretty long. At his pro mm. day, they were four, 34 and a half inches. So huh. somehow he gained five eighths inches of uh of arm length between the combine and pro day would love to hear about how that happened but the the point stands is like he's explosive he's productive he was a three-year starter um 16 and a half sacks 31 tfls and uh a team captain i'm a big i'm a big team captain guy i try to you find are, you love a team captain. i love a team captain a potential gold helmet of, Nobody of loves a, a team captain more than you. What, what is a uh, what is a 49er? I think Isaiah McGuire could be. His dad <laughs> is his dad is the assistant police chief in police chief in Arlington, Texas. Get so, out! Like if his dad's like a, you know, a big a big time cop, he's probably got some discipline to him. You probably Jeez. don't have to worry about him being like, you know, like <laughs> somebody you have to worry about off the field. Is that a reach? You're laughing. Point His dad's being... a cop. Put him at the top of the board. <laughs> His dad's a cop. Um, no, but I don't, you know, like there's there's a certain discipline when it comes to like guys who are part of military families or like 
law enforcement sure. families. I, I do think there's something to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one, five, nine, 10 yard split, like explosive dude. So I yeah. think just, just somebody who could be that sort of strong, like bigger defensive end, probably not somebody who's going to get you double digit sacks with somebody who, who could give you versatility. Um, probably in the same the same vein as you're talking about with Harrison, just just a different yeah. guy. There's 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 something too, and this is like I said, this is this is a theme with with the guys I've picked here. There's something too, like just picking, especially defensive end, a guy with measurables and explosiveness. And getting him in a getting him in the room with Chris Kosirk and just betting on that. Yeah, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But when you're picking this late, or when you're slated to pick this late, I'd way rather bet on that than this guy has no physical traits. But man, he's got a hell of a rip move. <laughs> I, I just man, this guy can bull rush with the best of them. I, yeah. I, I just I give me give me long arms, give me size and explosiveness and. See if Chris his, can work his last out. his last two years didn't miss any games with the exception of opting out and for the bowl, whichever bowl mm, Missouri played in. Nick that's could, not going to get him a gold helmet. <laughs> we could ask Nick about that Missouri grad, but I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he had seven, uh, 27 combined TFLs and six sacks and seven and a half sacks in his last two seasons, respectively. Mm. So just like the production's there, the durability's there, the traits are there. I think an edge rusher or you know a, a a multiple defensive end. If if you're picking late third round, I think that's sort of the that's the type of bet I would like to make mm-hmm. if I'm the 49ers. Since we're on defensive ends, I'm going to cheat and throw another one in here. Lonnie Phelps from Kansas is the opposite of the like toolsy guy, but he's undersized and he hauls ass and he tries super duper hard, and I love that too. If you're not going to be huge, at least just be a badass and get after it every second you're on the on the field. And that's what he does. He's a super fun watch. If you just go to YouTube and type in Lonnie Phelps and check out some of that. Anyways, is he is he, is he Kansas Kerry Hyder? Oh, no, he's smaller than Kerry Hyder, I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, my next one is a cornerback. I'm going to the secondary. And this is a pure measurables pick. Corey Trice Jr. from Purdue. He's 6'3", 206, 32 and 3 8 inch arms. So don't love that. It's adequate, but it's not like it's not like crazy long arms. Uh, he ran a 447, uh 35 and a half inch vert, uh 11 foot broad jump. He is massive and he plays like it. So he doesn't have super long arms, but he's super physical and he has good athleticism to be physical and then stick with the receiver. And when you see physical guys in college, sometimes it's like they're physical because they're going to get dusted the second that that receiver gets off their hip. But that's not necessarily the case with with Corey Trice. He's big. He's always around the ball. He uses his size really well. Maybe the Niners want to move him to safety eventually possibly they we, we've seen him do that before kind of mix and match defensive backs but again if you're if you're going to take a cornerback in the third round late in the third round if if Corey trice is there i'm just taking those measurables that athleticism and he can play like it's not like he's a total disaster um and if the niners are going to want to go more press man 
go get a guy who's 6'3", 206 and can run. Sure. When you said Corey Trice, I was like, real name? No gimmicks? That's, that's an Obi <laughs> Yeah, <Trice> man. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Obi Trice. Nice. Um, no relation to Obi Toppin. Do you get any Dante Johnson vibes with Corey Trice? No. He's bigger than Dante Johnson. Dante's At least not... he plays He plays bigger than Dante Johnson. Dante's Dante had the, the Richard Sherman conversation on his draft call, I remember. Back in back in 2016. Yeah, I don't That's hate it. That's really good knowledge by you. Yeah. Oh. Was Dante um, Johnson a 2016 pick? No chance. He was like 2014. Uh, was he 20? Yeah. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, 6'2", 200. But 31 and a half inch arms. Okay. Eight and five eighths inch on the hands. Corey Trice is nine and three quarters. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> Completely different people. <laughs> you dared compare those two guys? <laughs> Are um, you new? So I also went with the cornerback and I went measurables, but on the opposite side, side of the spectrum. Oh. I went with Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. He's projected to be a third or fourth round guy. Uh, a four, three flat. 40. That's so fast. Um, he's five ten, but he has 32 inch arms for a five ten guy. So he has good length mm-hmm. um, for, for his height. But he's just really fast. He's really physical. He's really aggressive. One of the problems that he has is like too many pass interference penalties. Sure. But I would take like the aggressive guy who's in position, who's physical, who's not afraid to tackle, who's really fast and just like, yeah, we're going to coach this out of you. Like I, yeah. I would bet on those traits rather than a, pl- a guy who doesn't have the same traits where you're like, well, you he wasn't flagged as many times for PI. Like, I think you can just kind of coach that out of guys. And when you can find somebody who, who runs a four, three and has 32 inch arms at corner in the third or fourth round, I think there's an opportunity there to, to find a potential starter. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like the 49ers don't have really elite speed in the secondary. No. Right. Like Traverius Ward is not an elite speed corner. I, Diamador Lenore is like pretty average speed wise, mm-hmm. right? Tayshawn Gibson might be one of the slowest free safeties in the league and your strong safety talent. Hufunga isn't considered a burner either. Um, so I think at worst, if you draft a Corian Bennett, he's, he's a special teams guy from, from jump street and probably somebody who's just going to be down near the ball carrier on every kickoff and every punt. And then hopefully somebody who could develop into a potential starter, but um, I mean, he led power five schools with 29 PBUs over the last two seasons at Maryland. There have been some good receivers in the, in the big 10, um, the three-year mm-hmm. starter. He's, I think he's a late bloomer. Like he was a community college guy. He had some grade issues, probably, probably not a gold helmet guy, but maybe somebody who just has the tools that, um, that you can count on. And a guy who started or who played in 24 games over the last two years. Um, so the, pr- the productivity is there. The durability is there. The fact he has length and he runs a four, three and is, and is physical. I think that's, that's somebody that I might be interested in if I were the Niners picking their like late third, early fourth. Let me tell you why I, had, I have done nothing on Jacorian Bennett. I'm doing this entirely based off the Dane Brugler draft guide right now. Uh-huh. And I am in love with Jacorian Bennett. Here's why. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the Niners met with a receiver named uh hang on one second. Let me track it down here. They met with a receiver named Jaden Hasselwood. Hazelwood? Hazelwood. And the reason that I like Jaden Hazelwood is because he wasn't super productive in college, but he was like a number one recruit. He was a five-star number one receiver in the nation. Had Alabama, Georgia, all those teams. Florida, every major team had this guy on the horn. And he wound up going to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. Transferred when Lincoln Riley left and then played last year at Arkansas. That's a five-star guy. That's a guy where I think burglar has got him as like a priority free agent. It's like, yeah, bet on a five-star. If you're not going to bet on a five-star, bet on a guy like Jacorian Bennett, who has no stars. <laughs> this guy in high school, per Dan Brugler, was going to quit football as a junior, and the coaches were like, eh, come on, stick around. And then he winds up being like an all-state player at corner by his senior season. Shout out to that guy. Um, or shout out to whichever coach got him to stay. He goes to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas for two years, transfers to Maryland during the pandemic season in 2020, and then becomes a full-time starter for his final two years. He had five interceptions, 29 pass breakups over those two years. Like this guy came from the mud like six years ago. Yep. And all of a sudden now he's gonna get taken like early to or late, late day two, early day three in the NFL draft. Like this is a guy that's gotten better so quickly. And I, I think you're right. If you're going to do that, I'm ready to say, Hey, yeah, when you get in the NFL, get, let that trajectory keep going. Yeah. Again, 40, 40 and a half inch vert, 11 inch broad or 11 foot, one inch broad jump. Jesus. Like, you know, five ten, but he's got 32 inch arms and he can just fly. A one four five ten yard split is brazy. <laughs> That's really fast. Yeah. So it's Corey and Ben. Um we had a match on this one, so I'm gonna skip the one we matched. Okay. And a lot of defensive backs here. I'm gonna talk about another one from South Carolina. His name's Darius Rush. And you want to talk measurables, peep game. Six one a buck ninety-eight. Okay, that's fine. That's like that's like good, you know, 6'1, 198. That's that's good size. 6'178, so he's almost 6'2. Buck 98, that's fine. 33 and 3 eighths inch arms with an 80 inch wingspan. He ran a 436. So he's combining, he's got NFL size, he's got really long arms, he's a really good athlete. That's again, just going back to betting on measurables and betting on coaching, and especially with Steve Wilkes who is now the Niners defensive coordinator, who's a defensive backs coach. I'm willing to take even bigger swings and rush over the last two years, played 21 games. Um, He had 18 pass breakups, three interceptions, and just a really fun watch. Like he's just around the ball constantly. And I, I'm into that. Per Dane Brugler, he changed position multiple times and has a team first mentality. Gold helmet guy? Uh, do you tell me? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, dude, if you got long arms and you can run, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I will say, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but like, when the Niners are scouting DBs, people always talk about, I mean, I, this evolved a little bit 
under D'Amico Ryans and then Robert Sala for sure. But like it was always, oh, the Niners want to play cover three Seattle type defense. Like, no, when they're scouting corners, the first thing they look for is man to man coverage skills. Like, mm-hmm. how good can you be in phase, regardless of whatever conception you have about the Niners scheme? And that, I don't think that scouting element has changed for them. So when you look really at corners, what's that? It shouldn't. That feels like that should be the case for every team. Right, right. Like you can teach guys zone, but like you can't really just teach like, oh, this guy's an elite cover corner. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just think that anytime you see a corner who has physicality and like a certain level of football character and is really good man coverage guy, like that's somebody the 49ers are probably going to be interested in more so than like, oh, they just want somebody who's comfortable playing zone. Because like you notice when the 49ers are in third down, they're they're playing man to man and third down a lot. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just wanted to point that out. Shout out um, to Darius Rush. Yeah. So the this is the guy that we both settled on because we're, you know, great minds and, and all that. Quan Martin or Quan... you read you read Niners wires, what you're saying. <laughs> Quan Martin or Jartar Jartavius Martin, uh a DB from Illinois. Somebody who I watched a little bit and just like he looks bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. Right. Just kind of one of those dudes. But a safety, a team captain, 14 PBU, seven career interceptions. There's discussion about whether or not he's better as a free safety or a slot corner. Well, it just so happens. Okay, no los dos. <laughs> exactly. It just so happens the 49ers have needs at both those spots. So why not get somebody who could give you a little bit of versatility, could potentially help you at least one of those spots. Injuries happen. You know you have to mix and match in the secondary. Um, Getting somebody who could potentially do both in the third or fourth round and develop into a starter at at least one of those spots I think could be immensely valuable. Um, So Quan Martin, team captain, uh, (laughs) is somebody that I think could potentially make sense for the Niners. If you're trying to replace Jimmy Ward, I think Quan Martin can do it. Right. And that's there's there's a couple of there's a couple of guys like that. Um Jair Brown from Penn State is another one who might who might be in that in that mold. But I don't I, I mean I have a hard time with safeties in this class because they brought in Miles Hartsfield to be that Jimmy Ward type player. Or that's the player he's been. I don't know their exact plan for him. But maybe they're just all in on Miles Hartsfield. And they're like, yep, he's going to be that guy. But if not, if they are going to go get a safety, which if he's not that guy, then they need one. You have Tayshawn Gibson, who's 32. He turns 33 during training camp this year. That's your free safety. And then it's George Odom. So if they like Miles Hartsfield long-term, then, then fine. But if not... I think they have to go get a free safety early or a player who can play that spot early. And if I'm circling one player who they could realistically either trade up to get or might get to fall to them, it's it's Martin. And I, I, I think he'd be like a... Maybe not plug-and-play starter on day one because maybe they're just all in on Tayshawn Gibson being, being the free safety this year. But I think he's a plug-and-play starter whenever they're ready to make him a, a, a starter. 44 inch vertical jump. Is that good? It that's super high. <laughs> and he just has and he has uh 
and he has um he has the coverage skills to go down and just play in the slot and he's athletic yeah. enough to play free safety like yeah man he's a he played 55 games in college he was a six-year starter that's so many games so he's a little bit older but like if if you're if you're wondering about a rookie you're taking in the third round like how much can he play like he's mm-hmm. played a ton of football. He's like the anti-Trey Lance. <laughs> so Jesus. like he, he does have that going for him in the sense that like he's played a lot of football. He's seen a lot of things. And he has productivity and durability and versatility. So hmm. I don't know. Just like him. I re- I really liked watching him play football. Yeah. Like he's just a baller, dude. He's just a gangster. Sure. I mean, on gangsters. <laughs> did I mention Lonnie Phelps already? I did. I really like Lonnie Phelps too. Is that the Penn State guy? Yeah. yeah. No, KU. KU. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Defensive end. Yeah, yeah. Kansas Harder. That's, <laughs> that's all. That's all I've got for defensive guys at three each. I technically gave four because I gave Lonnie Phelps too. I do. Like. I do kind of miss the draft in that, like diving into the first round guys and who's going to fall where and mm-hmm. like, are the Niners going to be on this guy? Do they like this kind of, it's so much, it's, it's so much more difficult to try to figure out who they're going to take or who they're targeting where they don't pick till the end of round three. Yeah. And especially when like all these mocks come out, right? Because pe- here's a lot of mock drafts are just people either using the same mock draft machines or anchoring where prospects go based on other mock drafts they read or other rankings. That's fine. Like that's that's but it leads to like there were players being mocked to the 49ers like late in the third round who in like the latest Kuiper McShay mock draft go like in the early to mid second. And that it's just like oh maybe they do fall, maybe they don't. Who knows? Just the swath of players you have to go watch. So I I hope the Niners pick in the first round next year because I miss getting involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it like it is a little bit more fun when there's like you know, like like it was need pretty this position, fun. Here's the top four guys at that position. Like, think about all of the pods we did leading into the 2021 draft. It was so many pods. Like we had, we had Sando and Peter King and yeah. like all sorts of like Sam Monson and like all these, cause we're like, which quarterback are the Niners going to take? And it was just fascinating. And now it's like, it, maybe these guys will be there. <laughs> you know, like maybe these mid round prospects make sense for them. It's just, it's, you know, it's just a lot more, a lot more difficult from like a content perspective when they don't have those early round picks. Yeah. I thought we did a great job personally. No, we did. We did. Good. I kept the list of guys. Did you keep your list? The offensive guys? Yeah. Um, Go off back the and dome. <laughs> off the dome it was Wanye Morris from Oklahoma the tackle. Then it was Zach Kuntz, the tight end from Old Dominion. And I believe I had a running back in there, and I think it was Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M. So, how many picks? How many dudes do you think we talked about the 49ers actually end up with? 
Oh, how many? So we had, let's see, six, so r- roughly six, 12, about 14, 15 guys that we talked about. Yeah. I would be shocked if, oh, dude, hey, I'm going to talk about one right now because <laughs> neither of us picked this guy. And I, if there's one player in this draft that I'm betting the 49ers wind up with, it's this guy. Do you know who it is? No. <laughs> it's Marte Mapu from Sac State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're 100%. I they're 100% drafting him. Stingers up. I think Marte Mapu is going to be in red and gold. There. We've talked about a player. He's, he's going to be. They're going to pick him in the fifth round, and he's going to end up being like pretty good for them. Yeah. He's a really solid player. Yeah. That's, the that's bar, a good bet. The, the bar for. There's, there's a real chance he is the best pro out of Sac State ever. Whew. So. DeAndre Carter just catching strays. DeAndre Carter's been really good. He's up there. Um, Todd Davis, he played linebacker for the Broncos for a little while. Had a a really nice career. I had a really awkward interview with him one time where I asked him, (laughs) I was talking about about Sac State's linebackers. I was was writing for this this website. And I was asking him about Sac State's linebackers and, and I forget what my question even was, but it was something about, oh, one of the coaches had brought up fundamentals. And I was asking about the value of getting to a D1 program and then like relearning fundamentals at this level. And he gave me this really strange answer. And maybe it was just a bad question, which like, yeah, it was probably a bad question. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it's just a lot of focus on our eyes. And then he holds his hands out, like showing me all 10 fingers. And he goes, and our hands and our feet. Okay, <laughs> great, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So they're... that was, it, it, and I'd never done, I'd never done interviews before. I was so derailed by his like awkward answer that I had no, I had nowhere else to go. You, uh, when when you interview football players for a living, you come across some interesting cats. Yes. Some you gotta be a little bit different to be good at football and some intellects. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was well. That was the thing. Is like that wasn't how he was. Like I'd talked to him before, right? Like he he was really good interview, but that it it was just such an odd like like I said maybe it's probably a shitty question, but yeah. Anyways, he had a he had a good pro career with with the Broncos, and then there was a guy. He was the center for he was the long snapper for the Patriots for their snow game against the Raiders, the Tuck Rule game, and he did the snap for Vinatieri's game-winning kick, and he does the snow angel in the middle of the field. Sac State alum. I forget his name. Lonnie something. Wow. Stingers yeah. stingers all the way up, man. My stinger's so high now, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Stingers up. What a uh, what a catchphrase. What a catchphrase. A one, I do... You, you know what? Like, the fact that I was... Like, I went to Marte Matpu's pro day and talked to him for a long time and, like, talked to him about his fit with the Niners and all of that. Like, yeah, did, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. He's they're 100% drafting Marte Mapu. He does. I feel that like my whole chest. He just does. He, he does feel like a 49ers fifth round draft pick. I don't know if he's going to play linebacker or safety, but that might be, you know, he might just be like the, the Demetrius Flanagan fouls of fifth round draft picks, <laughs> you know? Okay. 
Like, I mean, he he did play. Fred Warner played the same position at BYU as Marte Mapu did. So maybe Matu, Mapu adds five pounds and then just becomes an inside linebacker who has, like, coverage skills. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Ken O'Brien, a quarterback for the Jets, attended Sac State. Mm. He made a couple of Pro Bowls. What, when? He also went to UC Davis, that traitor. <laughs> when did he go to Sac State? Are we talking about like the 70s here or what? We're talking about the, yeah, he was, his rookie season was 84. Uh, he was a uh, Jets first round pick in 1983. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm trying to find that long snapper's name. And now I can't find it. Lonnie Paxton. Lonnie Paxton. There it was. Oh, shouts to Lonnie. That's a good way to end this show. <laughs> we should have ended this so long ago. On a high uh, note. Thanks, th- thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We'll have stuff out after after the draft. And um, just check your feeds. We've got You've got playoff games to cover. And like, yeah, game, game six game is six during is... night two of the draft. Yeah, games. The Niners are going to be picking while while Game Six is happening. So I will be, uh, I will be in Chase Center, paying <laughs> zero attention to the draft. But, yeah, so we'll uh, have, I will. I will debrief after the fact. If anything interesting happens Thursday, we'll get we'll get a pot up for you that comes out Friday, and then we'll have stuff for you after the weekend, of course, as well. So, like I said, lock into your feeds, is subscribe, rate, review if you have not done those three things yet. If you do, it super helps us out. So please do that. If you have a friend who's a Niner fan, put them on, do them a favor, have them subscribe. And we uh rolling, rolling toward the draft and, and up toward the, uh, the thick of the offseason program. So excited to talk about the players they actually pick instead of trying to prognosticate on who they will. But they're going to pick Martin. Yeah. One, I just wonder what number he's going to wear. Mm. Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> What number we think Marte Mapu is going to wear. Thanks, everybody. See you guys.